Father God, we're so thankful, uh, number one, for your presence in our lives, for your spirit who dwells in us, who empowers us, who leads us and guides us into all truth. So, Father God, as we open your word this morning, we pray that our hearts are open and receptive to your word and to your spirit. Do in us this morning what only you can do in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. Amen. You can be seated. So, uh, when Pastor Bruce and I were talking about this, and he asked me to uh, do this this morning, I said, Romans 12, 1 and 2, I can't tell you how many times I've preached on that and shared that. I, I love that those two verses there because it's really transforming. It, it's, it's, it's a scripture for me that when you get a hold of, it will really change your walk with the Lord. It changes how you act and what you do. So in Romans 12, 1 and 2, it says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. Whose reasonable service is it to present your bodies a living sacrifice? Is it God's? No, it's our reasonable. It's something that we have to do. What's the problem with a living sacrifice? It always wants to jump off the altar, doesn't it? Yeah, so we're constantly presenting our bodies a living sacrifice, putting it on the altar before God. And verse 2, it says, And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by what? By the renewing of your mind. Why? So that you may prove what is the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. Um... That uh, the, the word prove there also means to discern. So you're discerning what is the good, acceptable, and perfect will of God. So that you can be complete. And so when I think about this verse, I think of uh, those uh, shows that they have on TV now. Like the HGTV ones, you know, that Chip and Joanna Gaines do and all those. They do what is called a renovation. A transformation. They take a house... And you think, oh, you know, they get to pick between three homes. And sometimes I look at them and I go, I wouldn't pick either one of those ones. But anyway, they, they have to pick one. They pick one. And then there's a great, what, renovation going on during this time. And so at the end, they, you know, they reveal the new house. And here's the renovated house, the renewed house. So it still has the same bones, the structure, but it's different. And so, the thing with renewing, like when we talk about renewing our minds, there's areas that you can renew, but there's also areas that you can neglect. Just like you can renovate a house, but you can not renovate maybe the bedrooms or the laundry room or the garage or something like that. So there's un, unrenewed places in that house that has renewed places in it. So when it comes to our minds, we can renew in certain areas, renovate our minds, you know, not being conformed, but being transformed by the renewing of our mind. But we cannot be renewed in every area sometimes. God wants you to be balanced across the board. And so those unrenewed areas in your life will affect you in a negative way. They will affect you in a negative way. That's why the scripture is so important and, and so uh, pointed here, where it says, 
you can don't be conformed to the world. Don't be put in a mold that the world puts out there for you and says you have to be conformed to. Because who's the God of this world? Satan's the God of this world. He's the little g, the God of this world. So when we conform to this world, he has a plan to conform you in a way of thinking, acting, and speech in every area to conform you to a way, and it's his way. It's his way. So how do you break free from that? Renew your mind. The battlefield is up here. Your mind, your mind. See, when you're born again, when you receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you're made new. The Bible says, if any man be in Christ, he's a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things become new. Your spirit is born again. It's new. But your mind and your body is still the same. It's like I tell people, you pray the prayer. Once you pray the prayer, your spirit is new. It's born again. But if you had blonde hair, you still had blonde hair after you prayed that prayer. If you're 100 and whatever pounds, you're still that, that, that amount. God knows some, some of us wish we could change all that, but you can't. Uh, over time, you can. But what I'm saying is those things have to be renewed. Your mind has to be renewed from an old way of thinking and being. Because prior to Christ... There is a default called the way of the world. There's, it, it's a default. You're going to fall in that one. And so those years prior to Christ, you have been formed in your thinking a certain way. So the moment you get up from, from receiving Jesus, your spirit is new, but this thing still wants to act, say, and do what it always has done because it's been conformed into that mold. So our job is to take this with the Word of God, put the Word in so that your mind is renewed. So the old way that you used to respond to a situation has now changed and you respond differently. Do you hear me this morning? So... Before, I may have responded in fear. On our trip that we just took halfway around the world, obviously, everyone is aware that we are dealing with a thing called COVID, okay? I'm not going to go into all the details about that, but it's being... Uh, spoken up differently depending on where you go and how it's used, okay? So in the traveling part of this, there is so much fear and confusion thrown out there that most people will not travel, okay? When I had to prepare us to go, I'm reading website after, after website after embassy website, you need this, you need this, and, and this, and then the red warning comes up. Do not travel to this country. Do not travel here. Orange here, red here, orange here. You know, and I just thought, if I let my mind fall into a certain conformity, 
then I would be scared to walk out of my house. Do you hear me? I'd be scared to get out of my house. The interesting thing is, you can take this however you want to, but I'm going to say it one way. When we landed in Tanzania, you would never know that there is any pandemic whatsoever. Hardly spoken of. Cases, everything. You can take that for what it's worth, but I was there. So, all of these things can, they, you know, that you're reading and you're seeing and, and everything can be so overwhelming. And that's what the devil wants to do with an unrenewed mind, is to overwhelm you. Because it goes from overwhelming to fear to compromise. Overwhelming comes to fear will go to compromise. So you're, you're bombarded with all these things. Put your mask up, pull your mask down, take your mask off when you eat, but when you're chewing, pull it back up. Do this, do that, do this. And you, you're, you're bombarded so much that you're just like almost in a state of being frozen. Like, I don't even know what to do. And so you can allow those things to so overwhelm you that you're, you're captured by fear and then you start to compromise on the Word of God. So for us, it would be compromise not to get on a plane and go to Africa and preach the gospel and do a seminar. That would be compromise for us because if you are overwhelmed while, with all the regulations, then you get into fear and I'd be so scared I wouldn't know, well, do we do this? Do we do that? I, I'm just so confused. I don't know what even is going on. Then for us, the calling that we have, if we didn't go, we would compromise and not fulfill, fulfill what God has called us to do. Because I'm here to tell you, the Bible says this gospel shall be preached in all the world. Amen. So if the Bible says that, don't you think the enemy is fighting against that? Shut your mouth. Social distance. Don't talk to anybody. What? You never share the gospel. You're scared to even walk out your house. Okay, I'm just preaching the word. I'm saying the word. You know? Overwhelming comes to fear, comes to compromise. What do you think the Christians, early Christians had to deal with when they were threatened by, you're going to the Colosseum. And, you know, back in Virginia, we had the Colosseum. It was called the Colosseum Mall where everyone went shopping. You weren't going shopping. You were going to be thrown to the wild beast, torn apart, cut in half, eaten, alive, tortured. What if the early church said, we're so overwhelmed I mean, with all this, and now we're in fear and so compromised that the church wouldn't have started like it did and grew. So all throughout church history, you're going to have the enemy come against the church to shut the church's mouth. Because who preaches the gospel? The church. We do. So if your mouth can be shut, the gospel doesn't go forth. We're vessels that he uses to get the kingdom of God 
proclaimed on this earth. You have to continue forward. Now, however the Lord tells you to deal with that, you deal with that. But for us, I'm saying it would be compromise for us not to push through, get on a plane, go where we're called to be, and and affect these pastors' lives. I, I think about it, when I affect a pastor's life, I've not only affected theirs, I've affected their whole congregation. So we've had so many come to us and say, we were at the point of completely giving it up. But the word spoken through you by the Holy Spirit has strengthened me and caused me to continue to go. So you... you I don't want to use the word salvage, but the Holy Spirit restores and renews that pastor so that that whole congregation and in that community is strengthened and the gospel goes forth. So, a carnal mind, let's look over in Romans chapter 8, just a few chapters back. Romans chapter 8, verses 3 through 7. It says, For what the law could not do, in that it was weak through the flesh, God did by sending His own Son in the likeness of sinful flesh, on account of sin. He condemned sin in the flesh, that the righteous requirement of the law might be fulfilled in us, who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. Verse 5, For those who live according to the flesh what? Set their minds on the things of the flesh. But those who live according to the Spirit, the things of the Spirit. Note this part, verse 6. For to be carnally minded is what? Death. But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Because the carnal mind is enmity against God. For it is not subject to the law of God, nor indeed can be. So what that's saying there, if, if we have a carnal mind, it's at war with the things of God. The result of a carnal fleshly mind is what? Death. Now, that doesn't necessarily mean you're going to die and they bury you death. You can die in so many areas of your life and still be alive. You can be dead to knowledge that would put you over if you're in a carnal mind. So you can die and still be alive in your mind. Because your mind is still bound. It's, it's, it's carnal. It's flesh. It's, it's not renewed. That's why... Just a couple chapters later, verse, uh, chapter 12, verses 1 and 2, he's saying, do not be conformed to this world. But in order to not be conformed, you have to be transformed in your mind. You cannot just say, I'm not going to conform to the world. I'm not going to conform to the thinking of the ways of the world, the thinking of the world, and think that it's going to do anything for you. You have to, you, in order to not be conformed in thinking of the world, you have to be transformed in your mind by the Word of God. Amen. It doesn't just happen because you say, I'm not going to conform it. Conform. I'm going to have to renew, change my way of thinking. So again, dealing with situations prior, you know, your, your, prior to salvation, 
your, your mind has been conformed. It has been formed in a certain pattern, a way of thinking. So when a situation comes up, if your mind is still unrenewed, it's going to go down that same path of the old way. So why do we see Christians a lot of times struggling so much? A lot of times it has to do with an unrenewed mind. And an unrenewed mind simply means, I don't know what the Word of God says concerning this situation. That's an unrenewed mind. So when the situation arises, I don't know what to do. If I don't know what to do, then I can be bombarded with outside voices that cause an overload to me, which I step into fear, and then I, I make my decisions according to fear of pressure. One thing that I shared in the, in the conference that we just had is how to be led by the Spirit is this one thing that I wanted them to get so much. said, if there's one thing you walk away from here, this is what you need to know. God does not lead by fear. The Spirit of God leads by peace. Anytime you feel forced or pressured into making a decision or doing something, you can be guaranteed that God is not behind it. Because Romans says, the sons of God are led by the Spirit of God. It doesn't say the sons of God are forced into a decision because of fear. The Spirit of God leads believers. That's His job. If He's leading, He's out in front and you're following. And so you follow peace, not fear. Fear is always... Here's a big difference. Peace leads. Fear forces. So peace is in front and you're following. Fear is behind you, pushing you. To make a decision that you're not comfortable with making. So anything in the, in the Bible that we encounter or encounter in life, if our mind is not renewed to what the Word of God says, then we will automatically, by default, make our decision based on an unrenewed mind. Y'all still with me this morning? Okay. A carnal mind will always compromise, and a carnal mind cannot rightly divide the Word of God. A carnal mind cannot rightly divide the Word of God. A carnal mind is always thinking, what do I get out of this situation? What's in it for me? How can I better myself? What is this going to do for me? If I do this for them, then what's the, what's the, what's the thing I'm going to reap from it? That's how a carnal mind is thinking. Whereas a renewed mind is thinking... I'm going to do something based on what the Word of God says, regardless of the outcome. You don't think about what you might get in return. That's what I always say about when we give to the Lord. You know, there can be just little things that, that just, just that one little thing flips it and makes it wrong. You know, we, if our motive in giving to the Lord is, from, is because of what we get back, then our motive in giving is wrong. Yes, you will reap 
what you sow. That's a law. That's going to happen. But if, but if that's your motive for giving, that, oh, God's going to, you know, I'm giving because I want this. I'm giving because I want this. We give because we honor God. We honor Him. We're honoring Him. We're the, with all the things He's blessed us with, we honor Him back. And because we do, then He in return blesses you. See, see how motives, see how things, if, if, an un, if your mind is unrenewed, how just that little thing changes the whole motive of what you're doing. Yes. So, fear and confusion always precede compromise. Fear and confusion always precede compromise. Again, the devil loves to keep you so busy, so overwhelmed, that you do not make the right decisions. I may be the only one in here that ever experiences that. Okay? But I know I, the decisions that I've made out of fear and overwhelming, just the overwhelming feeling have always been the wrong decisions. They always get me in trouble. And so, you know, the real life thing is when you feel that pressure and you're just being hit with all these things, you feel like, I gotta make, I gotta do something, I gotta do something. And you, you feel like if you don't make that decision, you know, it's those calls you get, those telemarketing calls. Oh, if you don't act now, you're not gonna get the five day vacation. And I'm like, well, goodbye. I mean, I don't know what to tell you. No, if you give us your credit card right now, we'll make sure. It's a one-time shot. You've got to do it now. 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 And so, you know, that, that one part of you starts thinking, oh my goodness, I need a vacation. That sounds good. That sounds good. And they're pressuring you. Anytime you make those decisions, it's going to be bad. It's going to be bad. You know, I learned this as well. Uh, someone had taught me this. Any big decision in your life, like a big, like a buying a house, buying a car, doing something like that, you better sit on it for at least 24 hours. Because you can get in the hype of things. Whew, the new car smell, the buttons, the this, the that. And you can get that hype. And next thing you know, you're signing something. And the next morning you, woke, you wake up, you feel like dirty dog. You have made the wrong decision based on that pressure, that overwhelmingness. But God doesn't do, he doesn't, he doesn't lead you that way. The Spirit of God leads you by peace. It's peaceful. So, the enemy will attack with overload to get you fearful. You know, the um, FOMO, fear of missing out. Oh my goodness, I have to do, we got to do, I want to miss it, I'm going to miss out, we're going to miss out, we're not going to be able to do this, you know, and that pressure just comes so again god has not given us a spirit of fear he's not going to lead by fear he's not going to do anything by fear he does not use fear he conquered fear so second timothy 1 7 says god has not given us a spirit of fear so if he's not given us a spirit of fear what has he given us it says of power, love, and a sound mind. 
a sound mind. A lot of times when we're in situations, we need to sit back and say, wait a minute, God's not giving me a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. I will wait to hear from the Lord. He's not giving me a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. A sound mind. A sound mind makes right judgments. A sound mind makes right choices. A sound mind knows how to deal with a situation to say the right thing at the right time. That's a sound mind. An unsound mind, maybe you have friends like this or neighbors, I don't know, that have unsound minds and anything and whatever comes out of their mouth at whatever time, their judgments are not well or good. And you just think, hmm, you know, sometimes that's a good example for you of what not to be. When you see the choices people make and how they end up. So I tell my kids sometimes, you don't have to always see what's right. You can see what someone's done wrong and not do it. You understand? All right. So, (laughs) hopefully it's not your parents that you see doing that. So, God's not giving us a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and a sound mind. We have a reasonable service to present our bodies to God and to renew our mind so our mind is sound. To renew our mind so that the Word of God is what comes out when a situation happens. Again, the devil wants to overwhelm so we get in fear and make wrong decisions. God wants us to be led by the Spirit of God in a mind that is renewed to His Word. So, when sickness and disease come against us, a renewed mind says, what does the word of God say? Matthew eight seventeen, by his stripes I'm healed. 1 Peter two twenty four, by his stripes I'm healed. Isaiah 53, 4 and 5, by the stripes of Jesus I am healed. That's a renewed mind. You're speaking and you're lining up what you're saying with what the word already says about you. So see, the importance of a renewed mind When a situation comes, you know what to say and how to speak to that mountain. If a mountain or situation arises and you don't know what to say to it, then you'll be overwhelmed by that situation. I think about Jesus and the disciples when he got into the boat and he said, we're going to the other side. He he already said what was going to happen. We're going to the other side. In the middle... What happened? A storm came up. A nasty storm, we would say. A nasty storm. Big one. Lots of waves. The boat's almost sinking. But what's Jesus doing? He's asleep in the back of the boat. Now, I grew up on the water. I grew up on boats from very young. I've been in rough water. I can sleep in the cabin at any time. It does not bother me. Because I had confidence that my dad was going to get us to the other side. The storms will come up. A renewed mind knows what to say to the storm. The disciples hadn't quite got the renewing process in effect yet. They were in fear. And they were basing everything they said and did off of fear. We're going to die. We're going to drown. Jesus, don't you care? What did Jesus do? Did he get up and freak out on everybody? Be like, oh, oh God, what are we going to do? I said we're going to the other side. But look at this storm now. I don't know what to do here. He gets up, what does he say? Peace, be still. 
his mind was renewed. He knew what to say to the storm and the situation. So a lot of times, Pastor Bruce actually preached on that back earlier when all this hit. You, you need to say, peace, be still. So in situations that arise in your life, you need to point to it and say, peace, be still. But an unrenewed mind will not do that. An unrenewed mind will cower down and let the situation overtake you. When you know who lives in you, and you let him rise up within you, then you speak differently to a situation with confidence. 2 Timothy, I'll end on this. 2 Timothy 3. Second Timothy chapter 3, verses um, 12 through 16. It says, All who desire to live a godly life will suffer persecution. So you can be guaranteed that as you are renewing your mind, there's going to be persecution that comes. If you... If, a person with a renewed mind is going to look different, act different, and talk different than anything the world has ever seen. It's contrary to the world. So you're going to suffer persecution because of things you stand for, things you don't stand for. It doesn't say if, it's a matter of when. If you are standing for righteousness, standing for the Word of God, if you desire to live godly with a renewed mind, you will suffer persecution. Jesus was persecuted, and he said, you will be as well. But again, what do we do in that situation? Do we cower down because of persecution? Do we say, oh man, that's hard, that's hard. Think about the church worldwide. The church that today, right even this very minute, is having to meet in, an, in a place where their lives can be taken at any moment because they're meeting. All those that desire to live godly will suffer persecution. What are you going to do when the persecution comes? A renewed mind determines how you respond to that situation. So, we're going to close with that uh, scripture this morning. But I want to encourage you as Pastor Bruce is continuing this series on not being conformed, renewing your mind, that it is one of the most vital things that a believer can do in order to be able to walk through this life victorious. And that's to have a renewed mind. We want to live out of a renewed mind not out of a conformed mentality that someone else thinks for you. Because the moment you turn your brain off, the devil turns his device on in your mind. So, there is not, we cannot even say as believers, I, I don't know, I don't have an opinion on that. I'm not going to, by default, you'll be overtaken by the enemy. You have but two choices. Stand or don't stand. Conform or be renewed. So, 
as we live a victorious life, as we endeavor to live what the Word of God has encouraged us to do, we have to renew this. And renewing this comes from reading this. Daily eating and devouring this. Because it changes old thought patterns to the way God thinks and says and what he says about us. So let's stand to our feet this morning. As we close, again, the encouragement is to not walk out of here out of here today the same way you walked in. So if there are areas that you know that need to be renewed in your mind and your life, then you determine this morning, I'm going to Renew my mind in these areas. I'm going to take the Word of God, wash the old out, and renew my mind with that. I encourage you to do that today. No one can do it for you. Who presents your body as a living sacrifice? You do. I do. God doesn't do it. Who renews your mind? We do. God doesn't do that for you. He's given you everything you need to renew your mind with. So let's bow our heads this morning. You know, you may be in here this morning, you may be online watching us, and you've heard about renewing your mind and, and not being conformed to the world, but you've never even made the first step of knowing Jesus. You've never even gotten into the kingdom of God. There are two kingdoms here on this earth, the kingdom of darkness and the kingdom of light. There's no gray area. You're in one or the other. And God so graciously sent His Son to die for us, to take our place so that we could be free from the kingdom of darkness and walk into His kingdom, the kingdom of light. And it's a choice. It's a choice. It's saying, I no longer can do it myself, want to do it myself. I don't have the power to do anything. But there's one greater than me that took my place that paid my price that I could not pay, the price of sin that I could never pay, He paid it for me. So I'm taking what He did and I am clothing myself with that. The Bible says, you know, it's not enough just to believe in your heart, but you confess with your mouth. It's a daily confession of saying, Jesus I take you as my Lord and my Savior. It's no longer I that live, but Christ that lives in me. So if that's where you are in your life, and, you, and you've come to the realization that you cannot do it yourself, it is a very fearful world out there, a lot of confusion going on, but Jesus promises peace in the midst of the storm. In the midst of the storm. There'll still be storms around you, but you can be in peace in that boat. I can't do that for you. No one can do that for you. It is a personal relationship with God Almighty through His Son, Jesus Christ. And it's a matter of you calling upon His name and saying, Jesus, come into my life. So as a congregation this morning, we're going to all pray that prayer. I'm going to lead you in a prayer. We're going to pray it out loud. So whether you're in here and you need to pray that prayer for the first time or you're online and you need to pray that prayer... We're a family and we want to encourage you and be there for you. So you pray this prayer with us. So let's all say this. Dear God, Dear God 
I am so thankful for you sending your son, Jesus, to take my place. To pay a price that I could not pay. To pay a debt I could never pay. That he took my sins and sicknesses. He took them upon himself. And nailed them to the cross. Jesus, I receive salvation this morning. Be my Lord and my Savior. Come into my life. That I may be made new. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen.